0: And we heard from Coach McDaniel and a couple members of the Miami Dolphins yesterday as the team enters into the third phase of OTAs this summer. So we're going to talk about everything that was said from Coach McDaniel, from Sony Michelle, from Nick Neenham. Stay tuned. Locked on Dolphins. Let's get after it.
1: You are locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Cobb Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked on Dolphins today on the show, reacting to some of the snippets and quotes from Dolphins press availability that happened on Tuesday, May 17th. So, yesterday get a chance uh and and by the way i I don't know what you guys thought of the tuesday show which was very scheme specific uh, but i had a lot of fun with that so if you guys missed that one i would definitely recommend go check that out i kind of sink my teeth into conceptually some uh, staples can implement them in the here and coach mcdaniel obviously got up on the podium and the first thing he did was he ribbed the South Florida media for being so dialed into OTAs with, uh, two playoff games. Uh, the, the, of course the Florida Panthers playing in the second round of the NHL playoffs and the Miami heat playing in the Eastern conference finals against the Boston Celtics. Get out of here. Anyway, I digress. So McDaniel gave him a hard time about that. That was fun, but, uh, want to work through some of the questions that coach McDaniel fielded and answered. In addition to some of the other players that we heard from yesterday, Uh, the first question that he was asked was about two additions since the draft uh, with Sony Michelle. What was the thinking that you just can't have enough quality backs with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moser and miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed. And then with Melvin Ingram, was there just a feel that another edge player could help for depth reasons? Got into the technicalities right off the jump. The latter of the two, I have not seen pen to the paper yet. So, Revert, we'll talk about our Dolphins players, but hopefully we'll be able to talk about him soon. So, that deal, not officially signed yet, and therefore he passed on talking about technically a free agent. Uh, but that's that's kind of the world we live in, right? Where you get the report that ag- players have agreed to terms, but they don't technically sign and therefore, they're in kind of this limbo status where they can't talk about them. They're not a part of the team, but they've agreed to sign with the team and so on and so forth. So uh, as far as Sony Michelle goes, uh, Coach McDaniel said, if you have the opportunity in the offseason to add a player of his caliber, of his pedigree with him being as a human being and multiple Super Bowl winner, we jumped at the opportunity. His interest fit our interest and competition for the Miami Dolphins is only a good thing. I think one thing that's unique about that particular room is no one shies away from competition. Everybody in there is excited for the offense, for the opportunities, and wants the best man to win and aren't backing away from that. Excellent. They shouldn't. We should all embrace the competitiveness that that room is going to uh, field. And I certainly think about what the competitiveness in that room has looked like the last couple of years. And it's going to be similarly competitive, but with a much higher floor for what the actual talent level is. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Sony Michelle's going to rush for thirteen hundred yards this year. but he's a capable back, and he's got certain dynamics and concepts that I think he can win in, and he's got certain exchangeability interchangeability with Chase Edmonds, and he has certain interchangeability uh, in my mind with Raheem moster so he's not a 22 miles per hour guy. And we're going to talk about miles per hour here in just a minute. Uh, But I think there is enough interchangeability there that he's somebody who you can run concepts that either one of your other two early backs uh, would afford you. Uh, Coach McDaniel was asked specifically immediately afterwards about Raheem Mostert, who is recovering from injury uh, has missed significant time over the last couple of seasons. Coach McDaniel said, I know his expectations are to play week one, but we're not going to rush it. He's come too far to have a setback so he's just diligently working day in and day out but when he's ready he'll be on the field for sure there were some fun questions that he fielded but i want to try to keep these player specific as as best as i possibly can as we work through today's show and and he was asked about limbo and jr who is a little off the radar uh, based on the fact that lynn missed all of last year with a hamstring issue and kind of out of sight, out of mind, but would have been a very valuable player. He was a very intriguing player in the NFL draft process, which is why he was drafted in the third round by the Las Vegas Raiders. Your views on Lin Bowden and what he can offer, and I appreciated Coach McDaniel's answer here because it goes back to that college resume that I just mentioned. Lin, he does have an interesting skill set. I've always been drawn to players that have multiple positions, specifically quarterback experience, because of the way they see the game. I like that. Lynn's been battling some hamstring stuff. He's been diligent in the meeting room, and we don't really get ahead of myself when we're looking at our team, so I don't think his teammates should either. We'll know if Lynn's ready to contribute to the team when he's on the field, and we're trying to get him there, and he's making sure, I know he's making sure, that he's prepared for his opportunity when he is healthy. First of all, um, you hate to hear that, that it. It sounds like, but maybe not. I know he's been working with uh, Toa Tangavelo in the off-season training that that he's been doing, and he appears to be very active. Um, so I certainly hope Lynn gets a chance to play a full season first and foremost. But I did think it was interesting that Coach McDaniel was a little bit coy as far as uh, when he's ready and when he's ready. Uh, that, he'll get, that he's going to be ready for that opportunity. But I really liked where he went and what he chose to touch on as it pertains to uh, the quarterback experience because, of course, as a quarterback, you have to have a greater understanding, uh, especially at the lower levels of competition because as you get to the higher levels of competition, your expectation is everybody on the field is going to have those understandings about everyone's assignments and responsibilities. That's not always the case at the college level or lower levels of football. But for somebody who at the college level played wide receiver and then played quarterback and then had to familiarize themselves with the blocking concepts and how it all ties together and who's the unblocked man in the front because we ran an option-style offense, that gives you a certain processing power that I think opens and unlocks a lot of doors for you as far as opportunity and, and utilization goes. And we saw that from Lynn as a rookie with how he was used in the slots and manufacture touches, wildcat quarterback a couple of times. Um, so that's especially one of the reasons why I want to see him get healthy and get the opportunity to play a full season because there's a, there's a lot of different implementations that you could see. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And ooh-wee, these things are delicious. They are absolutely, positively the best protein bar I have ever eaten. Right now, you can visit Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Coach McDaniel asked about the race. Two, probably three guys on this team are not only fast, but eager to show they're the fastest on the team. Are you going to let them race? And most importantly, are we going to see it? With a persuasive argument, maybe you can convince, and he stops himself. And says, I'm not going to tell them not to race. I love competitors. I'm also not going to force them to race. So if I were you guys and they were to do so at one of the five practices that you guys are at and you guys were able to persuade them to do it at one, the guy pushing for my race the hardest, I would put my wagers on amongst your betting selves. I would not bet because there are some very, very fast guys on the team but I enjoy the fact that they're competitive about that and I would never keep them from doing so. I'm more trying to keep them, to get them to figure out how to run a route, defend a goal ball, run the ball. that I cover my bases? I did. than to have them compete in a race. We do track miles per hour on every practice, so I don't, they don't necessarily need to race side by side for me to put that in front of them as a motivating factor. The immediate follow-up question, you have to tell us who the fastest now if you know you're tracking it coach McDaniel, I don't have to, that wouldn't be fair yet. Cause not all players are able to take part in the race yet. There's been a good amount, a good amount. I would like to repeat. This is not an audio glitch right now. A good amount of 21 and 22 mile per hour runners out there. I'm not going to be mad if there's more additionally in the future multiple 21-22-mile-per-hour athletes on the field for the Dolphins. And here I thought the race left town the other week. Of course, we had to get some kind of corny F1 joke in here along the way. That is obviously very exciting, especially when you go back to the show that we talked about yesterday and the ways that you can implement that kind of speed and – threaten levels and then layer routes underneath of that initial push up the field. We know how fast Tyreek Hill is. We know how fast Jalen Waddle is. I know there's some question and narrative and blah, 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 blah about how fast Jalen Waddle actually is because he didn't break any and he had to catch against Carolina and he got tracked down, but that was because he had an angle. The defender had an angle and like Waddle can blaze guys. Go watch the punt return against LSU from 2019. I was at that game. I sat in the upper, upper bowl in the end zone that Waddle ran that punt back to. And it's a different speed than every other player on the field. And that's why I scored on that play. Go watch the Missouri game from 2020 and watch him Close ground and stack vertically, despite the fact that they're playing two high safeties, and they're shading one of those safeties over top of his stem, and he still gets over top of it. Just because the Dolphins' offense had the limitations that it did, that did not create the kind of spacing needed for those explosive plays to consistently manifest themselves, does not mean Jalen Waddle is not blinding fast, and if he raced Tyreek Hill, I'd probably, I'd probably lean Tyreek, but it would be really effing close, really effing close, so that was some of the big stuff that came from Coach McDaniel, some other stuff feathered in there, talking about how you're trying to implement in OTAs and the messaging you're trying to get across your players and so on and so forth, um, but those those were the ones and because they were player oriented, they really st- stood out to me. Um, and I, I really am glad and appreciative that we got to hear from this next guy because I have a running theory on this next guy, and it's Noah Benogany. And, and obviously, Noah Benogany is a sore spot for a lot of Dolphins fans because he was drafted 30th overall, and. We knew he was a raw running or a a raw cornerback coming out. He had only played corner for like two years at Auburn. He was originally a wide receiver. He struggles to get on the field the last two years, despite being a a top 32 pick. And there were running backs on the board that the Dolphins scorned and did not take. And nobody's going to want to hear really what I have to say right now as it pertains to Noah Benoggity. But I can see a pathway for Noah being a consistent contributor on the dolphins in 2022 and it's on teams. And I'm sure there'll be some who roll your eyes and you turn the podcast off or you fast forward the next three minutes and say, Kyle, shut up. Nobody drafts somebody at 30th overall to play on special teams. And you're right. They don't, but like you got him under contract. He's going to be here. Maybe you can facilitate a trade. If he shows well in the preseason, maybe you want to keep, a hold of him based on the dead money. That's going to be affiliated with getting rid of him this off season. Maybe you want to stay committed because he's a super young player. He's like one of the youngest players in the 2020 draft. The extra insurance might not be a bad thing, but the dolphins let Mac Hollins go. And they let Mac Hollins walk and Mac Hollins, his biggest contribution to the team, despite the fact that he, I think he led NF uh, dolphins wide receivers and touchdown catches last year, right? Like, Mac was very productive from an offensive standpoint, despite the fact that that never was an ideal role for him. Noah did some of the same things that Mac did on the punt team. And I think there's a chance that Noah made Mac expendable on special teams. Because I'm watching games, and I've been doing it the last couple of weeks, watching all 22 cuts, and that includes special teams, that includes the punt team, and Noah's out there, and when he's out there, he looks pretty good. So that might be the path to consistent playing time for Noah, and it's a foot in the door at the very least. Is it what we wanted? No, it's probably not what Noah wanted either but it's the situation we find ourselves in. And we can either choose to throw our hands up and quit and completely walk away. Or we could choose to work forward and try to find pathways on the field. And as long as he's here, that's what I'm committed to trying to do is find pathways for Noah but to consistently contribute to this football team. And I think teams is going to be one of those ways, but he was asked two questions that I wanted to touch on here. How have you felt about the change in coaching with Sam Madison and Pat certain? How has that been for you? Noah said I love them, especially I feel like there's definitely a lot of experience in that room. Not saying there wasn't last year, but those guys played the position and they played at a high level just to be able to learn. They're great teachers as well. I'm blessed to be able to learn from them. So our first really strong ringing endorsement for both Sam and Pat, which I'm absolutely here for. But uh, the other question that really jumped to me was with your first two seasons being kind of rocky, What do you take from it that you can build on? And here's what Noah had to say. Approaching every day just to get better every single day and be present on that day and not worry about the past or the future. Like you said, the last two years have been rocky for me. So not to worry about none of that, not to worry about my future. Just take today and worry about today and focus on today and get better today. Take that same plan and routine, take it tomorrow and do the same thing as well. I applaud that mentality for a really young player who has been lambasted by this fan base. Like I said, it's okay for us to openly acknowledge. Yeah, expectations have not been met relative to the investment that was made in Noah Benogany. That, like, we can all agree that's that's the case, right? One continues to be the number one source all your sports bet needs and information on all the latest odds sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball scores, fights, even the NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting playoffs, esports, and more head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game
1: starts. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Sony Michelle. Heard from Sony Michelle. The first thing Sony was asked is, How does it feel to be back? Sony said, It feels great to be back home be with a great team, a team that I've watched from afar, a team that I've competed against, knowing guys on the team and knowing what they are about, knowing how hard this team works and seeing how hard this team works. I'm excited. Great. I'm also excited for Sony and the role that he's going to play on this team. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him wearing number 34, but he was asked about wearing number 34. Does it mean anything to you rocking 34 and playing for the Dolphins? Uh, everybody knows this is a great number. Ricky ran the, the ball hard here and did a lot of numbers. I can't be rocking it just to rocket. I got to come out here and put in some work. Okay, now I can get, get behind the mentality. If he knows the heritage and he's, he's ready to represent Ricky Williams, go ahead, do your best Ricky Williams impression, Sonya. Let's see what you got. Uh, the immediate follow-up to that, was there ever running back posted uh you had posted on your wall you grew up here in south florida it was ricky that guy surprisingly not for sony it was ronnie brown i had ronnie brown reggie bush he was here for a little bit so those are some of the guys so this is what i'm taking away from this for sony the fact that he's a south florida dude and the fact that he's invested in the team, has been invested in the team and the heritage of the team it kind of gives me that same endearing sense that like when coach McDaniel first got hired and he flew on the jet across and he gets to the team facility and he's walking through and he's looking at Zonko on the walls and he's looking at Chulo on the walls and he can't help but like talk out loud about it as he's kind of like basking in like, Hey, this is home now. That's, that's really cool. And I, I really enjoy getting that vibe from Sony Michelle, but the, the questioning eventually came back to, the competitiveness in the running back room, which is obviously a hot-button issue for Dolphins fans, given the wants of of getting that room in a different level than what it's been the last couple of years. And he was asked, there's four starting NFL running backs on the roster with you, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, and Miles Gaskin. Is your hope to be the starter opening day? Are you coming in here thinking it's an open competition, and can you seize that? Definitely is the response. Iron sharpens iron. I know these guys' skill sets. They're all great running backs. They're all great runners, to your point. They're all starters. I think it benefits this team that we compete our best and eventually will be our best. The opportunities will come. You just need to take advantage of them. Outstanding. The last player that I wanted to touch on quickly was Nick Needham. And obviously Nick Needham being a holdover from the start of the rebuild in 2019 as an undrafted free agent and what he's become and and how he's worked to get better and establish himself from being a player who was kind of fringe, but his instincts got better. His versatility improved. And now all of a sudden Nick Needham is somebody who I, I personally am very happy to see on this roster for a fourth year. And he was asked about that. He was asked about uh, this being the first time he's talked to the media since signing, the restricted free agent tender. How did it feel to get that extension from the Dolphins? Uh, Nick said it was a blessing. I wouldn't want to play anywhere else other than Miami. It was my first team that gave me a shot and kept it honest with me. They brought me up from a fat young dude out of shape, get right practice squad to starting to play with these guys. I can't be more grateful for the opportunity. I just ready to keep proving that I can play and compete at this level at a high level and keep going up from there awesome reflection uh, talking about the maturation that Nick himself has had. And you see it, you see it, you know, he, he was not somebody who had a great or impressive athletic profile coming out uh, of college. And I still don't think he has Byron Jones or Xavier Howard, or even Tyreek Hill, Jalen Watt. Like he doesn't have that kind of athleticism, but with where he plays, and the versatility that he brings and all the different things that he can do and the instincts that he he has shown that he's developing, you don't need to be a four three athlete to play the roles that Nick is going to play for you and if you get him in a situation where you have to play him outside, yeah, I mean you're probably going to be pretty mindful, hey, we're not going to play cover zero and let him play off coverage against a four three five receiver and just tell him hey, go get it done like you want to have a better athlete matchup on your hands and that's fine, but that that speed was something that Nick was asked about, and that's where I'll leave this, this podcast because it brings us full circle to Coach McDaniel and his comments about speed. How does Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle's speed compare from tape to the practice field? You're like, ah, damn, he's fast on film. But then you really get it right in front of him, and it's like, oh, man, these two definitely have a different speed. It's going to be great this year just to work versus that every day because it's like nobody's going to be faster than these two. If we can win versus them, we should win a lot. And if the Dolphins defense wins a lot because they're getting forged by that fire every day, and the Dolphins running back room is getting forged by fire every day by competing with four guys who have started games as running backs in the NFL, and the Dolphins wide receivers are getting forged by fire with their speed, and they bring that element. And Coach McDaniel can tie it all together, and Tua Tonga can take command of the offense. We're cooking with gas, folks. Check your pulse. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, fins up. Keep it here right on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Make it a great Wednesday, and we will talk with you all again
1: tomorrow.